0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Six forty-four sixteen till seven Thursday morning. You know what that means? Time to talk to our friend Mike Strain, Commission Department of Agriculture and Forestry for the great state of Louisiana. How you doing, Mike? Man, I am doing great. We've had some beautiful weather the uh, last few days. Yeah, yes, some we nice have clear skies.
2: Oh yeah, and I tell you, you know, it feels like we know springtime's coming. I Hopefully felt that the whole same cold, cold weather's behind us.
1: Mike, I felt that same way the other day. It's like you know what? It feels like spring, and I'm ready for it. You look, I am ready for crawfish and yeah. strawberries.
2: Yeah, you know, and I've, look, I've had strawberries on the mine. Of course, we got the strawberry festival that's going to be in April, and I've talked to a lot of our growers. You know, and, you know, that cold weather, they were, you know, they were very prepared. We lost some flowers, but we'll get those flowers back on those strawberries. We didn't have a big die-off, and that's good. And then generally, you know, once they flower again, 30, 35 days after that, we'll have some strawberries. So we're going to be very excited. You know, that this this Mardi grow and Easter season, I think we're going to have some really nice strawberries. And, of course, have you ever been to the strawberry festival? I have. Oh, my god! Can you a big believe alligator that?
1: 100,000 people. Still, oh, yeah. They do? Okay. It, All right. In Hammond, right? Yeah. Big well, no, the alligator's
2: Hammond. gone. Oh, no, old Hardhide is not there. Oh. He went to a rest area, so oh. he's not there. But there'll be plenty of people and just an incredible turnout in, you know, in Ponchatoula, And they sell a lot of those strawberries. If you want to get good strawberries, that's the time. And generally the week before the festival is when you know we'll have you know a, a function there where we will bid on the champion strawberries. And I have strawberries there at the park. And, the, and, of course, it's just a wonderful time, and it supports a tremendous Louisiana industry.
1: When you say uh, went you to a rest uh, home, you don't mean, like, uh, sauce pecan somewhere, do you?
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. He went to live out his life, you know, in uh, in a less structured environment. How's right. that? But there you no, go. That's no, no, good. He was, quote, rescued. Oh, no, oh hard hide. You know, he's a, he's a rather old alligator. I, I think he's in his late 30s or 40s. You know, he's been around a long time, and so he's there. He's just... He's enjoying the sunshine today.
1: It's been a while since I've been to a strawberry festival. It was huge then, so I can only imagine what it is now. Mike, let's talk about crawfish because everybody wants to know, but the news is not good, is it?
2: Well, the news is mixed right now. And so we're not really catching any. You know, you know, we they're putting out traps and then they run the traps and say, look, we're going to wait another week or two. And those farms that don't have any, they're not going They're just not going to have any because what happened with the drought, the water table dropped below the bottom of the crawfish hole, and literally we lost those crawfish. And, you know, those have to be reestablished for next year. Now, we get in further north of the interstate system. We get into the area of the, of the red clays. Central Louisiana, uh, they're thinking that, you know, they had more availability of water, especially if they were pumping off you know, from, from rivers or, or bayous there, and they did not uh, actually have their fields run hard and dry. And plus, uh, the red clay was able to hold a little more moisture. They're thinking that in a few weeks, they're going to start catching crawfish. So I think the farmers that have crawfish more, you know, when you get away from the coast, they hopefully in the next three weeks or so will start catching crawfish. That's what's really going to tell us. We get about three weeks from now, you know and after the weather has warmed up and they start running those traps we will see what is there i think you're going to see crawfish uh command a very high price because we probably lost we're estimating now at on a conservative estimate of about 40 percent of our entire crop and bear in mind this is a quarter billion dollar a year crop and so we're fishing it remains to be seen but we think we're going to have some getting closer to easter uh, but it will be shorter supply and hopefully. Uh, If we can get all those crawfish really coming together around Easter, we can bring that price down because it'll be a supply and demand. But we're going to have a shorter season, and then we're really going to have to work on reestablishing those crawfish ponds that we lost water in for next year. And so water management is a huge deal as well. I'll be leaving for Washington, D.C. on Sunday, and we'll be doing hill visits, and we'll we'll be working on our congressional delegation, You know, and I know uh, Representative Clay Higgins, Representative Julia Letlow, and others specifically are working on uh, legislation uh, to try to get some help for our crawfish farmers. I'll be, you know, visiting with Steve Scalise's office, uh, Miss Megan Bell Miller, who's a dear friend of mine, his chief of staff, and talking specifically about assistance because if you look at overall the drought losses for Louisiana agriculture, and and if you go from the summer till now. It's over $2 billion. That's billion with a B and hard losses. And some of these farmers, you know, if you're a crawfisherman fisherman and this is your livelihood and there's nothing to catch, uh, you've taken a pretty good lick this year. We've got to get them back because this is a huge part of our economy and our culture. And so we're going to be working on that very, very hard.
1: Mike, a couple of weeks ago you said it was going to be the worst crawfish season ever. Still looking that way? Yes, sir.
2: Okay. Yes, sir. And, you know, and, and I've, I've spoken to a number of different people and, and, and reporters and tell me, you know, the public is just is in shock. I mean, because they're just not there. And I think this is the worst crawfish season since we have developed this crawfish industry. You know, when I was a a, a kid, you know, 10, 12 years old, we would take nets and go out, you know, into the swamps and then, you know, on the side of the bayous and we would catch a few crawfish, boil them. You know in, in, in a pot and was and it wasn't what it is today where it is a huge industry and the restaurants is the mainstay of restaurants in our culture and i just you know we have such plentiful crawfish you know the wild caught like we used to catch as kids that's about six percent of the overall industry so 94 percent of the industry is aquaculture farmed crawfish and that has revolutionized this entire industry and it's really changed our culture to where it's a mainstay of not just, you know, the Cajuns and the Creoles, but of everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's, it's changed. But this is the worst crawfish season that I know. Well, this is the worst drought that I have ever seen, even worse than a drought of 74 and 75.
1: All right. Let me take a break. We'll talk about a, a grant that you're working on, uh, and we'll give you the details on that when we come back. We're talking to Mike Strand, Commissioner of Louisiana, Department of Agriculture and Forestry, 650 Traffic WWL. 655 5 till 7 Tommy Tucker WWL talking to Mike Strain Commissioner Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry Mike before we get to the Resilient Food Systems Infrastructure Program somebody uh, texted in about Egyptian crawfish you know anything about that
2: No I don't I but I will tell you that you cannot bring in any species until it's cleared by generally through our department and wildlife and fisheries So what I I know, you know, we have the red swamp crawfish and the white swamp Mm -hmm. crawfish, but anything else, you know, don't bring it in until you have checked clearly with U.S. Fish and Wildlife and Fish and Wildlife. One of the things we are very, very stringent on is making sure that we don't get an invasive species. So I'm not well versed in Egyptian crawfish, uh, but, you know, we push – Buy fresh, local Louisiana crawfish. Buy those, and those are our two main types.
1: Somebody wants to know if the Louisiana's crawfish industry is bigger than the Menhaden industry.
2: Uh, Well, the Louisiana crawfish industry is over a quarter billion dollars. And so now I think it rivals or is currently larger than the entire Gulf shrimp industry. And I think if you look at the Menhaden industry, uh, I would have to say so. I haven't looked at their numbers lately, but the Menhaden industry is limited just to a few fishing boats whereas the crawfish industry, there are thousands of individuals. Again, thousands of individuals, 320,000 acres are farmed. That's aquaculture. So if you look at the number of people employed and I think the total gross value and the cultural value, I would have to say yes. All
1: right, let's talk about um, this Resilient Food Systems Infrastructure Program and some grants that will be available.
2: This is very exciting because, you know, we're talking about helping small and, and really medium businesses to really to enter the the food business. So, for instance, uh, say you want to make cheeses or you want to make cupcakes or you want to make all these things, but you need equipment. So if you say you have uh, goats or you have cattle, but say I want to make aged cheese, well, this will help you uh, to both build facilities but also to buy equipment. And so if you are making pralines, but look, I don't have a mixer, or you want to make cane cakes, but I don't have, i don't have an oven i got everything else i need an oven but i can't afford an oven this will help you it is a competitive grant but we have 4.6 million dollars that we are going to award and it can go to individuals food and farm businesses uh nonprofits, local governments tribal governments schools and hospitals and so it's for the what we call the middle of the line in the food processing so if you take the raw product and then there's an end product and you have to add value to that if you need equipment or infrastructure then we can help you with that for the small grants, and these are up to like ten thousand dollar grants worth of equipment. There's no match. There's no match. You get larger if you know if you're trying to build buildings or other things. Then there are matching requirements. But this is very exciting, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. And that's how we build a local food economy. And it's about building that local food economy. So if you raise rice and you need help getting packaging equipment, you know to put it in bags or whatever, we can help you with that or if you have a finished product. And so it's very exciting, and we're going to have a meeting uh, in, in Jefferson Parish. That is on February the 6th. And it's the Jefferson Parish Library, the Jefferson Room on Napoleon Avenue in Metairie, and that is 10 a.m. to 12, 10 till noon, February the 6th. We're going to have one on the 5th at, of course, Farm and Ag and Forestry. They're going to be all over the state where we're going to have meetings, and then we're going to have a virtual meeting if you can't do that, and that's on February the 20th from 10 a.m. to 12, and of course we have a website. Everybody or an email, a website. You can contact us at r f s i, resilient food, and, and so it's r f s as in Sam i at l d a f state l a u s. So we're very excited about that. We want everybody to participate. You know, if you look at our certified companies, we have over 600 companies and a certified family, they all add things. So you may be making spices, or you may be making your own hot sauce.
1: Gotcha, Mike. Thank you.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.